Because my body is metabolizing I think that's a word. at the moment. Yes, that's how that's yeah, how I lost all this well, weight. See, you deprive your body of um, of food, and then, and then well, it eats itself. Yes, yeah. that's how it works. Well, that's not good. Well, it was good for now I mean, that I lost but, twenty pounds. So, okay, but I'm starting. You look to great, eat again. by the way. Thank you, thank okay. you. I am married, and uh, you know, well, I you, appreciate you it. Still look good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And All we're right. back. Yeah, we're back. Welcome to Recovery in the Middle Ages, the podcast about two middle-aged suburban dads and their pursuit of life, love, and recovery. I'm Nat. And I'm Mike. Today on RMA, can weed assist you in your recovery from harder drugs and alcohol? And Jeff D. finally tells his story. All this and more on RMA. Welcome. Welcome. And I just realized that I did not get the you did. outline copy. Okay. Whatever. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll walk you along. I'll... I'll I'll, I'll drag you through it. We're, we're having some technical <laughs> issues this morning. Yeah. So typically I, uh, I print out our outline and we get to, you know, both have some, a nice little package that we can look at. And I neglected to, um, replace the ink in my printer. And, um, I was able to print out one thing, but, uh, we're, we're going high tech today. I have no idea why this didn't, but, um, I mean, this is going to be tough to trying do to do it on, um, text well, it to me. Uh, Okay. Um, do you know how to do that? No. Um, so what, what a week, what a week, uh, uh, what are we supposed to talk about next? Uh, right. Housekeeping. Oh yeah. Spring has sprung and we're all in a great mood, but, uh, before you go outside and, and play with your balls, that doesn't, <laughs> well, you are, you do own a sporting goods store. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and more. Great reviews will be read on the show. Yes, they will. Um, we love that, and we'd love it to be a five-star. Um, yeah, don't leave a one-star review like the guy I just noticed left one at some point. Or like, if you're going to leave a one-star review, write something, you know? Yeah, tell us why we suck so Other, bad. Yeah, otherwise we're not going to... Um, there's it's, no room for self-critique or improvement. No. And um, anyway, but people thanks. Are, did anyway. you know that people are mean on the internet? People are mean. Um, in fact, we're going through a little bit of that on one of um, one of the Facebook recovery groups, um, which we also have one of our own. We do. Um, Facebook, uh, Facebook Recovery in the Middle Ages private group. But this one that I'm on is known to be very open-minded and, um, and it's, it's a lot of support and love and not as much of, you know, all of the shaming and, uh, and that sort of thing. But, you know, it's growing a lot. Uh, it's the Dopey Nation uh, Facebook group. And there's been some... All right, uh, I found the outline. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you can stop tap dancing. <laughs> yes, thank you. All right. Um, yeah, but one of, one of our, our, our favorite lovely people on there was, you know, she's more like a harm reduction. Uh, she's, um, she's been off of meth for six years. And it's, this actually leads us to, um, yes, congratulations. <laughs> but she uses marijuana. And I didn't plan this, actually. I'm just remembering this. It goes perfectly with our show. Huh. Um, 
And, you know, some people on the group are, you know, you're not sober, or you're not clean. You mean we're smoking dog shit, yeah. man? Yes. And you mean we're smoking dog shit? <laughs> Sorry. <Yes>. And, <laughs> uh, uh, Cheech. Continue. And, and um, you know, and she's really upset because she's heard the life she's leading now compared to her life um, on meth is amazing. It's a complete right. transformation. She's not just functioning, she's thriving. Yes. And, um... It's just, and it's a really a shame that, you know, she made a public post just kind of detailing that she was, how disappointed she was and huh. how that she was being treated on this, on this group. And of course I wrote something to defend her immediately. Because what group was it? Dopey Nation. Oh, people there. I mean, I, of all the recovery groups on the internet, I would think they would be the least likely well, to pile on somebody who's smoking a little weed considering some of the posts I see from some of the folks on there. Right. So that's why it was so strange. And, um, but it's going to happen. There's a lot of people on there and, um, but it kind of got us thinking about, um, you know, well, what is recovery? And, um, you know, what is it to us? And right. What is it to you? Mm-hmm. Um, any case, that's sort of our main topic for the day. We we had a lot of topics today. We, we do, were, but it's it's like mostly weed and and recovery. Yeah, yeah mostly <laughs> weed. Um, but I did want to say something about the turning of the seasons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, what an eloquent turn of phrase that. <laughs> yes, thank you. And um, you know, I feel better. I, I've always and you hear people say this like, oh, I've got seasonal. Uh, seasonal affective disorder yeah. or something. And of course, nobody who says that has ever been diagnosed that. It's just like a lot well, of people say. People right. And um, and I'm noticing how much better I feel mm-hmm. that the spring, you know, just the sun. And even in my shop, which um, my store has been completely dead for a year. I mean, it's awful. I'm really horrible. And in the last seven days... It's amazing watching the people come out yeah. of there. It's probably not going to be enough for me to keep this thing, but it is great to see uh, people just in a better mood. I, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the pent-up demand. People have been stuck for a year doing nothing, and all of a sudden yeah. they're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. So they're going out. Like For example, this morning, when I, I you can usually find a parking spot right in front of your store, which is great for me, but not so good for good for you. <laughs> but uh, this morning, the whole town full of cars, yep. I, uh, people are out buying shit, you know? And I think uh, uh, Biden said, uh, what did he say last night? Everyone's, all adults should be able to get a vaccine by May 1st or right. something, or, and, you know? And that is a miracle, you know? And, and it affects everything in our lives. Just like my parents who live close by, you know, they've been majorly quarantining and they haven't gotten to see their grandchildren for, um, you know, a long time. Right. And and that, that affects everybody. And I I think we talked about this before, how in the pandemic, uh, around here anyway, newspaper said a 40% uh, increase in, uh, you know, this month compared to last year, the same month, um, uh, that there's a 40% increase in overdoses, mm. overdose deaths, suicide yeah. is up. Yeah. Well, and, uh, that could very well be, you know, everything, including the weather, the turn in the weather sports has been, uh, reactivated around here. They're in fact, they're piling it on. They're doing the fall sports you know, for five weeks before the spring. Yeah. So they're squeezing everything in. They are. 
Uh, You're also scheduling like large groups of people to get together and cough on one another. Yeah, is it really? <laughs> yeah, it's all coming back. What, what no, that? I'm kidding. It was a chicken. Okay. That was happening. It was? Early oh, on. Oh, that's like the chicken pox yes, thing? But that was happening with COVID. Was it, was it really? Locally, yeah. Wow, here I was trying to make a cheap joke. No, I, and it was crazy. <laughs> I think I saw that on News 12. Jesus. Um, you know, but this kind of weather, it just, it puts me in a good mood. And definitely if I'm bipolar, you know, it puts me in a mania. Well, don't forget, tomorrow uh, it's back to like 30 degrees. Oh, uh, is it? Yeah. yeah, but It's like, like the fall spring. Part of me kind of just wants it to like dump two feet of snow and shut everything down so I can, so I can isolate. <laughs> um, but there's not a yeah. lot of isolating going on with two kids, you know, under 10, or 10 or under. Yeah, I, I frankly enjoyed the isolation of the last year more than I probably should, um, you know, because so much of my job is getting out and meeting people and talking to people and having yeah. dinner with people. And I realized I, I don't like doing that at all. Yeah. And I'm much happier not doing it, but uh, I but probably it, should do a little of it. Yeah. You know? I mean, is that a healthy thing? I mean, people who like to isolate have to force themselves like myself. Yeah. I have to force myself uh, to to be. And it's a good practice at the store because when somebody comes in, you know, I'm on. I'm I've like seen on you. stage. It's, it's, so, it's like you're, you're acting a role almost. Yes. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, um, and that's what it is. But we all aren't we all acting out roles in life, right? Depending on the circumstance, we, we have you ever seen the Woody Allen movie Zelig? No, and I'm uh, a Woody Allen fan. Go, it's it's an early one. It's basically um, the guy. This guy Zelig turns into whatever kind of people he's hanging out with. So, like, uh -huh. if he's hanging out with a bunch of um, Orthodox Jews, he becomes Orthodox Jewish. And, like, it's like, <laughs> if he, you know, so they, they study him and, you know, he it's, it's sort of uh, pitched as sort of a mockumentary kind of a thing. Right, I love mockumentaries. Uh, so, yeah, check that out. I mean. Zillig, and we're going to have to put a, no a link to that in the show notes to yeah. anybody who cares. You know, if, you, if anybody's still watching Woody Allen after the latest stuff. I mean, I don't want to get into that. Yeah, I, I always liked Woody Allen. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I might you know. hate myself, but it's not because I'm Jewish. Um, <laughs> that's my Woody Allen. That's yeah, from that's, uh, Deconstructing Harry. Right. Sure, um, yeah. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, but, you know, the weather, it's making me like I lost all this weight. And then I started to get nervous that I was getting too skinny and right. I, I wasn't eating. And if anyone's curious about the diet that I did, um, I don't remember, rolls. you know, because it was so haphazard. I just, my theory was if my body is hungry and I get hunger pains, that's a good sign because it's the body burning the fat, consuming mm. your own, your innards. And, uh, yeah. and so I, <laughs> Sounds you know, good, right? I, I didn't want to, I felt like I could possibly, you know, roll it into an eating disorder and I'm not joking. Actually, I really am not. Got to um, keep a, keep a close eye on how that goes, man, because well, it's very easy to drift in that direction. I've done it. Uh, right. You know, so. I, so I'm cognizant of it. I'm talking about it with all of you. And so I feel like that's part of it, um, of part of being healthy because now I've started introducing food back into my life. Um, <laughs> you realize what that sounds like, right? It sounds totally insane. Cause I'm looking at the, I'm looking at your outline at what you put on the outline. Uh, Nat lost 20 pounds by fasting and has now commenced exercise. So you seem to have, have a plan Yes, uh, and starting to eat again, being careful, mostly chicken salad and water. Right. That's great. Well, look, it's working and you know being this hungry all the time though it's put me on edge and uh i don't do well with being on edge because i kind of pride myself on being easygoing and mm -hmm. you know i don't snap at people and, and stuff like that but it's making it very difficult 
Um, maybe you need to smoke a little weed. Maybe we should smoke <laughs> a little weed. Um, and and uh, I'm starting to eat again is the point. But one thing I wanted to touch on before we moved on was we had a day. I think it was Wednesday. Is that the day that Noah went to bed? Uh, it was the craziest Wednesday in a long time. The craziest Wednesday <laughs> in a long time. Yes, and Noah was over the house. He was over the house. My house. And they do, I don't know if they do this everywhere, but it's parent-teacher conference days. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they the kids had to come home. So all of a sudden, and they sprung this on us that they were going home. Uh, well, I mean, if by spring you mean like Told a us. month or two, yeah, <laughs> I guess. Well, I'll, I'll say this. I sprung myself. Wait, no, I didn't spring myself because I hadn't, I didn't pay attention to it. So for me, it was a surprise. I like to blame I, them. I, I often don't go into Ben's folder and read those things either. No, I, not at all. <laughs> I, I probably know, should. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and so this really threw me for a loop because I'm taking a college class. That's first of all, uh, that I had to be on by 11 o'clock. Now mm. my wife couldn't stay with the kids because she's teaches at another school and she absolutely has to be at she had her own conferences right probably yeah yeah and uh she's off today though so is um, she the kids are back so now the kids are back on friday but i had to be off wednesday it's so absurd it's it's a little weird the way they do that it drives me nuts because we're trying to get back to some some sense of uh, normalcy or you know the kids they thrive on um structure mm-hmm. and knowing what's coming next in this last year has been an exercise in having no control, not knowing what's coming next. It's right. part of the reason, you know, drinking is up. So, but I, I, I did it sort of, um, thankfully, uh, I stayed home until 11 and mm-hmm. on top of it, my store is busy, you know, that it's never been like this. So people are actually waiting for me Lined to come. Lined up, <laughs> <laughs> waiting for you to open the door so they can buy a basketball. Pretty much. And, uh, And it's just like, it was so much. So what I did was, thankfully, Mike agreed to uh, to watch Noah, my oldest. Yeah, I just put him in the basement with Ben. And so, but (laughs) Max, my little guy, is coming with me to the store. All the while, I went on my class, my college class, on the Zoom. I put it on my phone holder, and I'm driving. I'm listening to the class. The kids are in the car. (laughs) I kick Noah out of the car by you, and then I drive into town while I'm in the class listening, and um, I actually had the the video on, and I didn't mean to. So there was a video of me just, like, driving with kids in the back, Mm. which would have been hilarious to see from their end. Um, I pulled in to the parking lot. And I just, I was carrying things. I'm listening to the class. I'm making sure Max doesn't like get hit by a car. And I, I apparently I left, I hit the trunk button on mm. my key and the trunk was wide open in the back parking lot. Wow. All day long. That's yeah. how crazed it was. Well, fortunately we live in uh, Mayberry. So <laughs> odds of anything being stolen are pretty small. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, was, it was actually, I uh, just jumping in for yeah. a sec. It was, it was kind of funny because I was out in the garage, you know, puttering around. Um, and I happened to walk in the house, the dogs I sent away for the day cause I knew Noah was coming over and I had my house 
bookkeeper slash babysitter person coming for a few hours. And uh, I just happened to look out the front door and your son is stand, standing yeah. on the porch <laughs> with his little with his little bag. And I'm like, oh, hi, Noah. How long have you been standing out there? <laughs> Not long, apparently. Well, he rang the bell. But Ben why. was in the basement. He couldn't hear anything. So uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, and I was thinking about that too. I'm like, should I have like stayed or like at least confirmed? I look at my phone, no text message from that. I'm like, no. oh, all right. He must be, uh, I could tell you were a little uh, yeah, I wound was, up that day. Yes, know? I was definitely wound up and uh, and I appreciate that. Thank God for that. But look, it, it worked out okay. Oh, it was great. I mean, I, I was in and out all day and um, one time I came back and I go into the into the back and uh, Noah and Ben had an old uh, metal sword and they were <laughs> cutting fruit in half with it and screaming. <laughs> and I was like, oh, are you having fun, guys? Yes. Could you just not cut that particular fruit in half because I was going to eat that later. Yeah. <laughs> they were, they were good. Yes. They were I, I, I try not to think about what goes on at your house when Noah's there because it's <laughs> Plenty just. Plenty of supervision. Yes. Uh, not, no worries yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, Mike is doing research for the show while uh, the kids are riding around on uh, scooters. They did and, ask me where the scooters were and I, I don't know. I can't, <laughs> can't get one to charge. And I was like, you want to ride on the motorcycle? And they, oh, they did, no, I'm kidding. Yes, I, we have to intervene on that motorcycle yeah. or at least teach me how to ride it um but yeah anytime dude just come over that'll be fun so so this is this is what life is like right now it is chaotic and through it all we're trying to do this podcast and do a good job and one of the things that we were taking a long time to get to that was on me is getting the shirts made oh yeah and our very good uh, my very good friend Jeff D, who's who's a listener and he's been really helpful with this. He's doing it, and we saw a couple of the the mockups, and it looks really cool. We're very excited to get these out. There, there's a few of you out there who are promised uh, a freebie. I'm, I'm happy to do that. So. Looking at you, Jeff, other Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a limited run will be available. So if you guys want them, uh, just really drop cool. us a note on the. Facebook page and we'll uh, get your detail. We don't have anything like a online shop or anything fancy like that yet. 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 That's one of my yet. Uh, but we're, you know, so if you want a shirt, you want to see what they look like, we can send you a picture and, you know. Why not? Take a shirt. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you want a shirt, I'll take a shirt. Who's got a shirt? <laughs> um, but this is actually perfect because Jeff D was just, fill, he just filled out the Your Story uh, oh, yeah. form that's on middleagesrecovery.com and it is a dinger uh this story and in fact a humdinger a humdinger um <laughs> and dinger. so we're gonna read this now I've, I've broken it jeff jeff we broke it up into two parts um and i think it'll be more like a serial yeah so um for dramatic effect right so, so um without further ado Okay. Jeff's story part one part one uh we should have music for the stories let's well, Okay, uh, so I'm going to read this. So this is from Jeff D. Uh, Hi, my name is Jeff D. I'm a 43-year-old dad. Let me know. I have a long story that starts at the age of 14. I'll keep this as short as possible by just telling the beginning and the end. Uh, the beginning, like I said, I was 14 years old and never even tried smoking. I was with a couple of friends and we decided to hang out at my buddy's house who lived with his grandparents. The grandparents were not there. I think we can all relate to that. <laughs> Similar stories way back then. Uh, when we first got there, we were just sitting around bored. One of my friends mentioned the extensive booze collection we passed as we went up the stairs on the way to my friend's room. Next thing we know, we have a bottle of brandy. We started taking drinks right from the bottle, and I felt like it was a contest of who was more a man than there too. Uh, we 
not chugging. Well, me and my best friend were plenty trash at this point. He asked me if I had ever huffed paint. I thought he was kidding, but uh, because it felt like we were seeing who was going to come out on top of this drinking contest, I saw he had a can of spray paint. He handed it to me, uh, and I didn't even hesitate. I hated the taste, but I felt like I was getting more enjoyment from huffing than I was from the drinks. Like that light bulb going on. <laughs> the first time you snort a line of Coke, and you're like, I'm, I'm going to do this forever. <laughs> It didn't take me long to adventure out to many other substances. Uh, now let's fast forward to the year 2009. I was a full-blown addict. Uh, my daily routine was simple, yet very difficult to pull off. Wake up, find money, get my fix, wish I wasn't an addict, cry, go to sleep, pretty much in that order. Anybody else there identify with that? Um, nothing seemed to ever stand above my drugs. Nothing. My mom had many health problems. Uh, and one day I got a call I was always afraid of getting. Uh, Mom was in the hospital and things were not looking good for her. My sister was the one who had called me and I'm sitting there with the phone in one hand and a handful of crack in the other. Can you guess which one I threw across the room in anger? That's right. I threw the iPhone, smoked my shit until it was gone, and finally decided to head to the hospital. Uh, Mom was coming out of emergency surgery in an induced coma and we were allowed to see her in the recovery room. This was a very quiet area of the hospital. I was still plenty high, and I started crying out loud and kept, sh- kept shouting, Mommy, Mommy, Mama, please don't die. Wow. That's, she never did come out of the coma, and we had to let her go after about a week. Uh, well, the day of her funeral, I got the call from CPS that I had failed another drug test, and they were taking my son from me, yes, on the same day as my mother's funeral. Yikes. Do you want to just read part two? It's pretty no, I riveting. Think, I think we'll, we'll leave I it. I think we'll leave it for it's next week. It's a cliffhanger. Week. Wow, yeah. Jeff. Jeff, yeah. thank you for, so much for that. We will conclude Jeff's story on the next episode of part yeah. two. Uh, so thank you for that, Jeff. So look for part two if you want to find out what happened. It, I, I know how it ends, though. It, right. He makes shirts makes for a shirt. <laughs> That's how this whole thing is so, just pointing. You know, there to. is a there is a good a, a better ending than a, than yeah, a beginning. Right? Yeah. Great. Great. Thank you. And if anybody else, please, um, your story. It's a form that we have on middleagesrecovery.com. We want your guys your stories on here, and it's great to hear from you. And it helps other people. I think you've already, if you're listening to this podcast, you already know how much it can help. For someone else to hear your story and, and see them in you. Yeah. And and it's important because if you didn't die, right, you're still, t- that's that's hope for someone. Right. You know, that, and that's that's how these programs, um, it, it's a big part of recovery programs. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for that. And this week, uh, the main topic... We wanted to touch on weed in recovery. Yes. Um, mostly because it's just getting so popular and legal in more states by the minute. So we think that it's. Hey, hey don't take those, man. <laughs> <laughs> So it, we think this is a permanent, per, permanent, a pertinent <laughs> We're going to talk about it every week. Yeah. So uh, why don't you kick us off, Mike? Well, um, it, it's interesting because we, 
you know, have our history with the CBD and stuff. And we've talked about that on the show before. And a couple of weeks ago, I actually came across the article that we're going to talk about in a little while about, uh, well, the New York Times has sort of gotten their, their teeth around the whole Delta 8 versus mm. Delta 9. And, uh, you know, if, if uh, all these, you know, CBD companies are trying to sneak under the wire by, by um, synthesizing uh, different cannabinoids and selling them and, and getting people high without... Uh, you know, Heaven in legal states. So uh, it was interesting that I open up our Facebook group uh, and I get and I see a question there uh, from somebody uh, from a listener from the Facebook group who said, um, uh, "I'm go- I'm just going to read the question and we'll see what we can uh, we can take it, take from that." Let's t- okay. Uh, I have an odd general question: If someone is in recovery with alcohol and they now take or anything. Excuse me. And they now take medical marijuana due to other medical issues. Anyway, someone I know ended up having a drink yesterday and said it was different. The person had no cravings and drank a few sips like a, quote, normal person. Mm. The person didn't go crazy after the first sip and was fine with that. I truly feel that the medical marijuana helps with that. What's y'all's opinion? And do you think CBD slash medical marijuana can help with this and to be able to drink like a normal drinker? Mm. Also, it may seem like that person is going to different habits, I guess, you know, replacing pot with you know, changing right, seats right. in the Titanic. That's what oh, we call that. Okay. I think I see where you fall down on this, but I have uh, seen a positive <laughs> difference and I feel this person is not going to one habit to another. Thanks for your comments uh, and in advance. Uh, in my eyes, recovery is key for those who can't handle it. I'm included. So. Uh, wow. Can I read my answer first? Yeah, okay. My answer was this. I'd say talk to your friend in a month or two and see how they're doing. Um, my guess is that you will find that medical marijuana was not a miracle drug and they're back more or less where they were. Mm-hmm. Now, I used cannabis when I stopped drinking, but with, it was with an eye towards stopping drinking. Uh, I was past the point where I even wanted to drink like a normal person. Mm. Uh, I dropped the weed when I realized I craved the state of sobriety more than being high. My personal belief is that there are no normal drinkers, just people alcohol and trapped in amber yet. So if drinking like a normal person is the goal, then my guess is with or without medical marijuana, it's not going to happen. As for CBD, well, all I can say is make sure to read the label or you may end up like me in episode 12. <laughs> Many of you have not listened to episode 12. I highly encourage you to do so. Uh, most CBD is harmless, though, assuming you're not looking at it as something that will allow you to drink normally, but rather see it as a relaxing substance along the lines of a strong herbal tea. Hmm. Yeah. So where are we on this, Nat? This where is, are you on this? This is such a, a dicey topic, but I think it's very important uh, that we talk about our experiences with it, and that's kind of what we're doing here. Now, I've been, let's see, I've been clean, well, by my standards, and that's actually, you know, what is clean, what is sober. Um, that's that's also mm-hmm. uh, of interest in, and is pertinent here. But um so I supplement, I call it supplementing. I don't call it using. Like a vitamin. Because, yeah. Um, a tea, it's a teaspoon of kratom uh, it, with my coffee. I take it every morning and it wakes me up like coffee. You know, um, I get a lot out of it. I don't know. I don't know if it's keeping me sober. I don't think so because I've gone without for days and a couple of weeks and I didn't go crazy. I just, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't. I mean, I know what it's like to be high, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I'm acutely aware of what it feels like to do actual drugs mm-hmm. that ruin my life. Um, and so for me, well, I know we're not talking about Kratom, but this is going along with it. Um, I also, so that's fine. I've been supplementing with Kratom for two years, and my life has not spiraled out of control. And my wife is happy that, you know, and it's not causing that, but it's just 
I don't know. I, I put it on, on par with the coffee that I drink in the morning. So, so do you feel that it actually does something or is it more like a, a CBD, um, it feels you know, kava it, root placebo kind of effect. It, it it feels like a five hour energy. Have you ever taken like? Uh, it feels like you took a lot of vitamin B. That's so so, like. for, and we've talked about kratom before, and and touched on this a little bit. But uh, but kratom binds to a single opioid receptor in the brain, right? It is not an opioid, but it's not an opioid. No. So one would think it would have a an calming opi- effect rather than a stimulant. So effect. the interesting thing about Kratom is that it's dose dependent. So I think people who really, who get this, to get this sedating effect, uh, such as it is, you have to take um, like a decent amount of it, I like see. eight grams. Okay. Meanwhile, I'm taking a teaspoon and it's like 50 milligrams. Mm-hmm. I have taken more before just, you know, because I have trouble sleeping and it really didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. It just made me a little nauseous. Um, and so I just stick with it like in the morning now. So what about people who, you know, in the morning they wake up, they do a big bong rip because that keeps them right. level and not, uh, you know, I, not running out to the, to the dope man. I think it's like anything else, anything you could get, like you take too much of your medication of anything mm-hmm. and you're going to feel sick and you might even feel high. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, well, is feeling high a bad thing? Um, well, look, if you're trying to be completely abstinent and for, you're not able to do your inner work and reach your goals in your life because of it, then no, definitely don't do it. So, so that's, that brings me around to the whole concept of what recovery is, right? Mm-hmm. And we were, we were touching on this and we were talking about whether to talk about this in context of marijuana therapy or whatever you want to call it. But, um, you know, is the state of recovery or should it be defined as no substances in your body or is there something more to it than that? Because it's very, I don't want to say it's very easy to stop using substances because it's, it's not, not, but uh, it's easy. I don't even want to say it's easy part. to detox, but I do want to say that it, it is stopping is one thing. Staying stopped is completely another thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe your goal is just to stop this thing, whether it's heroin or alcohol, or whatever. And your goal is not to completely stop doing other substances. Mm. Are you in recovery or are you? Yeah. You know, you know, and, and I forgot, I also wanted to also say, cause, uh, that CBD is something that I was trying and mm-hmm. Delta eight, and maybe I'll talk more about that when we get to the mm-hmm. article. And, um, the way that I know that it's not an addictive, like horrible drug that will ruin my life is because I haven't, like when I ran out a couple of weeks ago, I like, I don't care, mm-hmm. you know? And that's why I think there's, it's mostly placebo effect. Now you don't spend a lot of time thinking about no. CBD when you're not having it, like no. how you get more CBD or man, I better go order it. And no, because after that's, that's it. after obsession. episode 12, when I had that, experience. You wanted more? I did want more. Yeah, interesting. I wanted to go get more. I was like, no, maybe if I only took a little bit of the gummy next time. Right. Or maybe if I smoked just a, a, a couple of puffs of this. I mean, after all, it's not marijuana. And then I started thinking to myself, well, number one, it is. It's it's cannabinoid. And uh, number two, like my goal here is to like not do anything. Mm. 
because I find it much easier to do interior work mm-hmm. if there's no extraneous substance messing with my thought patterns. And yeah, I'm I definitely, and I think a lot of people, you know, that's, that's part of, I feel like early recovery and even permanent recovery, you know, that's what I tell people, um, I, to do like when, when they ask about weed, um, I feel like it's extremely important. Like when you've just hit the jump off point where your life is in the toilet or you're completely unhappy, I feel like it's important at that moment to spend some time abstinent. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's okay, if the doctor says, you know, you, you know, if you need your bipolar medication or schizophrenia, you, you know, don't stop taking that. But um, I feel like it's important to spend some time, which I did. I spent about a year um, just completely abstinent, just taking my psych meds. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was it. And I feel like, you know, I couldn't have gotten to where I am today, which is a state of joy. And I, and I can say that honestly, mm-hmm. um, is that I, I have a lot of joy. Um, and I've, I've never felt that way before. So that I know that I couldn't have gotten to this place if I hadn't spent that time, you know, with my body resetting, mm-hmm. getting, you know, completely dried out, so to speak, uh, after decades of abuse. And I did a lot of work. I did groups. I did IOP. I had mm-hmm. a psychiatrist, a therapist. I went to 12 step. I had sponsors. I worked steps, bada bing, bada boom. And when I felt like I was sufficiently evolved um, to the point where I could kind of try and let up on myself a little bit, mm-hmm. which, which could be very dangerous. And I realize that. And sometimes it's not worth the risk, you know, cause what if I did go out of control and, you know, but like, you know, what if you get hit by a car, you're, you're never going to cross the street. Right. Um, but I feel like the re- the way that I started work to do this work is uh, somebody, a friend of mine was t- talking about how he used to be this horrible heroin, heroin addict. And, um, he found this thing called Kratom and he says, I haven't in six years, I take a teaspoon, you know, and, uh, I was very skeptical at first and I gave him shit like, you're not really sober. I did that whole thing. Right. And then until I said, you know, I'm going to start, uh, the doctor was beginning to wean me off of some of the heavier psych meds. And so what I did was I, I was like, let's see. And I was feeling a little off when I started to come off of the, it's like, I just like, you know, you got a little depressed more than usual. Mm-hmm. And so I began to supplement with Kratom, you know, once a day. Uh, that doesn't mean I've never taken it. Did you discuss twice, this with your doctor at the time? No, no, not at all. They don't know what Kratom is. Mm-hmm. Anything they don't know, you know, they have no idea. They don't even know what naltrexone is. Well, this guy did, but, um, so I did not. It's, it's very little is known about it. Before I tried it, uh, I did my research, um, and I know that doesn't mean anything because when I when <laughs> I, I would to get cocaine research on cocaine, <laughs> cocaine right? And, uh, so after I watched, uh, there's two documentaries I watched about it: Leaf of Faith, which is great, and um, and another one that I can't remember. Oh, it was uh, Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia. It was an episode, mm-hmm. um, and I felt pretty comfortable that this looked like there was more benefits than downsides, and. I needed a little help and I did not want to go back to the doctor and continue to be on Depakote. Uh, it was a very heavy drug for um, bipolar. Uh, it's very liver toxic. I had to get blood tests every six weeks. Like, and I was on a lot of it. And I really, really, really didn't want to do that. So I started to supplement with this and I immediately discovered that I just felt 
better. It's hard to explain. I wasn't high. I wasn't like, I didn't all of a sudden go on this, like stay up for two days and write a concept album. I felt better. And I said, oh, this could really work, you know? And so, it stopped there though. I didn't go crazy and keep taking more and more and more and more until you vomit. Well, so do you put weed on the same level as something like Kratom? Like cannabis, because well, I mean, it, it's also sort of self-limiting in the amount that yeah. you can you can take. Yeah, you can't but it, overdose, but on it definitely like has freedom. psychoactive effects mm-hmm. that you know may impair your judgment when it comes to deciding right. whether you should or shouldn't maybe do a different drug. Right. <laughs> so I took a risk there mm-hmm. for sure, but it's been a couple of years and. I've been through some of the hardest times in my life with this uh, pandemic and my dream business here um, pretty much being gone. It's done, you know. Right. And uh, the pandemic where most people were drinking themselves literally to death, which uh, is is such a a horror show because of this pandemic. Mm -hmm. I was thriving. In fact, I I even started meditating Mm -hmm. and really it almost had maybe nothing to do with supplementing with Kratom or CBD. Um, CBD to me just feels a lot like a placebo, I think, because I stopped using it and I never thought about it since. Uh, Delta 8 definitely helps me sleep. Um, I was so excited when, yeah. when CBD first became a thing because I was really into the idea of uh, a cannabinoid that would re- relax me without getting me high. Yeah. And then I've tried various vapes and various... Um, oils and tinctures and none of them did anything. Yeah. I think most CBD is just snake oil. Yeah, pretty uh, you much. Know. But the Delta 8 has an effect. Well, yeah. Uh, it's different for a lot of people. Um, well, before we get to Delta 8, yeah. I just, I thought it was interesting that there, the people who are proponents of medical marijuana, the medical marijuana pharma industry, if you will, um, I will. has been very pro use of medical marijuana to, um, to stop drinking. And there haven't been a lot of studies that have been done on what the effect of medical marijuana on the secession of of alcohol intoxication to see, um, whether, uh, cannabis use was helpful in stopping you from, from drinking after a period of abstinence. Hmm. That was an incredibly awkward, long paragraph of nothing (laughs) that I just trailing off into nowhere. But um, so uh, they did experiments on on lab rats and they um, found that synthetic cannabinoids uh, can reinstate previously extinguished drug-seeking behavior in lab rats for cocaine, heroin, and methamphetamine. I didn't know there was a lot of like rat drug addicts out there. Well, it's interesting. In the current <laughs> in, this, in this study, rats were given free access to beer at 4.5% alcohol or near beer with the look and taste of beer, but less than 0.5% ethanol <laughs> or sugar water for three weeks. And they trained the rats to lick at a tube to self-administer the beverage, which if you've ever seen anybody in a bar at three o'clock in the morning, it's, it's <laughs> a very similar look. Um, so the results showed that Delta 9 THC, which is the psychoactive regular uh, old THC, yeah. uh, reinstated responding behavior that was previously reinforced with beer or near beer. So um, since the 24-hour food deprivation did not cause reinstatement of drug-seeking behavior, the reinstatement was probably not due to increased appetite. So mm. 
apparently there is some evidence that people who or rats anyway who smoke pot uh, will could, will resume drug seeking behavior that they had previously been extinguished by a period of abstinence. Mm. Now I don't think they've. Uh, recreated that study in humans, mm, yeah. but it's something to, th- to consider. Um, you know, if you're, if you're thinking of self-administering um, marijuana, uh, you know, to keep you from going back to drinking. Now, I don't know about the, the person on the Facebook group said their friend, you know, smoked some pot and then didn't had a sip of a drink and put it down and didn't feel like having any more. Um, you know, they say that's how naltrexone works. Yeah. Too. Well, but there's also plenty of, of, people and I, and I've read this on like the stop drinking subreddit who, you know, the first time they go back and have a sip after being absent for a period of time, they have half the beer and they put it down. Mm -hmm. And then the next day they have three quarters of the beer and put it down. And then Mm -hmm. the following day they have the whole beer. And then by the end of the week, they're, they're back to, you know, shotgunning. My point is why drink at all? You know, like, um, well, right. I mean, that's what they want to do. Well, Right, I guess. Yeah, like my thought on it, because I haven't answered the question yet, what do I think of it? And I think this is actually the most important point for me, is that I don't believe um, that I have uh, enough information uh, or experience uh, with marijuana to even make a judgment on it. I just never really smoke pot. But I can tell you that I have a a fear of marijuana for better or worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that you could chalk that up to media misrepresentations or whatever, but that's just me. I feel like it's a threat to my sobriety to smoke marijuana. So I am going to avoid it like the plague. I can stay with things like melatonin mm-hmm. and, you know, um, NyQuil when I'm sick, uh, Kratom is fine for me. Um, and that's just me and I'm living the life that I want and I'm happy, I'm healthy. And so this is for me. Now that doesn't mean that I'm going to say like, Mike, if you told me, uh, you know, it's legal now and I'm taking, you know, THC gummies to, you know, he, he didn't say this. I'm saying if he did, I would not, uh, give you a hard time for that. Um, you know, you know how I feel about it. But that's you and that's your recovery. This is you Mm. are trying to get your life to a place where you want it. You're trying to reach your goals in happiness and health. And if you decide that, you know, smoking this joint before bed or something, um, it's something that works for me. And, you know, you don't obsess over it. You don't, you know, wreck your bank account over it. You don't break up your marriage. If, If you don't have it for a few days, you know, it doesn't rule your life. I'm not going to tell you you're not recovering. Um, that's not, that's not for me. Um, it's not something I would do, but I think I'm looking more at, you know, look what a person does and look at their life and, um, and to see just exactly if like you look at some of these people we've met in groups, we we're talking about dicks last week. Mm-hmm. Um, there's those guys and gals, you know, where they're just assholes. They're, you, you've seen them, you know, they've got the worst attitude. They got a bad energy, right? They don't, uh, they don't do anything positive for the group They sit there with their arms crossed. Anything they say is just sarcastic and, and sardonic. And I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't pay any amount of money to have their quote sobriety. Maybe they have their, <laughs> haven't drank in 40 years, but I don't want anything to do with that. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that's just, I think it really like, I'm more, a little more like, you know what? 
whatever is really working for you. But let's be very honest with ourselves right. about whether it's working. And that's where it gets dicey because you can, you know, addicts lie to themselves. I did that with heroin. Well, I mean, you can get really meta and ask what does working even mean? What does the idea right. of working mean? Because if your goal is to drink like a normal person and that's why you're smoking weed, I would suggest that maybe that goal is not something that will serve you uh, yeah. to, to achieve all of your other goals in your life. But, yeah. you know, it, if it's that important to you to risk everything so you can drink normally, yeah, like, I don't know about that's that. That's crazy. That makes me, so, that, you know, it makes me a little uncomfortable that that's the goal. But, you know, who am I to, to judge what people want to do with their lives, right? Right. But it's like, okay, we're, we're trying to spread the word of, of recovery the way, you know, it's helped us. So you also have to be careful on what you tell other people to do kind of like Dr. Carl Hart. Right. And we talked about how, how oh, kind yes. of irresponsible it is because he's looked up to by so many people and for him to just so casually and flippantly like say, Hey, I use heroin. It's fine. Right. Um, that is something that we must be careful with. Now, f whether I'm right or wrong, I put alcohol and marijuana on the same level. Do you? Yeah, I do. It's hmm. to me, it's identical. It's identically bad, um, except wow. for it's less physically damaging. But then, depending on how you take it. But for me, I'm as um, like opposed to using for me alcohol as I am to to marijuana. Like I don't even consider it. Hmm. Um, when you have something that's like an herbal supplement or little CBD, to me, it's very harmless. Uh, and it's, it's okay to just same way you take different vitamins, change your diet. Like that's where I put all of that stuff. Uh, so for me, marijuana, now that it's medical, I mean, okay. Then you have the parallel between like, well, the doctor told me to take my Vicodin, right? Mm -hmm. So it gets very dicey and everybody is different. All we know is what really has worked for us and what we've seen in other people. And I'm not really convinced yet that marijuana can actually assist uh, recovery, but I would never tell someone they're not recovering or not sober or they're failing because they're using that to stay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, I know what you mean. I, I mean, my personal feeling is that like substances are one part of recovery and then doing the work on yourself is right. quite another part of. So, I mean, to, to the extent that anything that you're taking gets in the way mm -hmm. of, of seeing yourself clearly. Yeah. Right. Is, is, is an issue. Like, you know, I've been, I've been meditating lately and a lot of stuff has been coming up in meditation about like my childhood and how it kind of weirdly fucked up my, uh, my upbringing was, even though at the time it seemed just sort of a little strange, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and if I was still like getting high or, um, or drinking, I would have no idea what to do with, with that, with that stuff. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, and I, I don't know. I think anything that anesthetizes you and separates you from reality is something that if you want to into, you know, integrate yourself, yeah. you should, you should get rid of it. But that, you know, that, that's my opinion. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not really for it. And, and that's, that's why I continue to, um, you know, not care about CBD, like, or, or sound the alarm and do it my, you know, I've experimented with it. It's just, I don't know. I feel like it doesn't even approach. And I know I've heard other people, you know, say, oh, I know this guy. He died. He had a Kratom overdose. That's actually 
there, there isn't, that doesn't happen. And if you look at the cases where they say it, they almost, they always have something else in their system. Now, if you can find me another case where a person like actually overdosed on Kratom and just that, you know, I would love to see that, but it's, it's just not how it is. But THC, I think is very clearly, uh, very sedating and like transports you to another world. Hmm. Like you said, you cannot do your own work. That's interesting because, you know, there's, there's a couple different kinds of THC that you can synthesize from, from marijuana, Delta eight being one of them. Right. <laughs> um, uh, so, so I don't know if we're ready to have that discussion yet or, uh, well, why don't we make some conclusions about uh, marijuana in recovery? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my, my current understanding of it is that it is not something I would do for my, uh, recovery. I don't think the way that I've uh, developed my recovery plan, how I live my life now, to me, I think it would disrupt what's working and what is happy for me. Um, I also am not going to recommend anybody use marijuana to get off of things. Um, I don't know enough about it. I feel like I well, feel nobody like self admi- Yeah, I, I think like that's the problem. Self-administering a drug that powerful is, is very bad idea. If there's a doctor working with you, but I would just encourage people who are looking to recover from their substance use addiction, substance use disorder, to not go that direction and rather pursue other um, uh, psychiatrists and to be diagnosed if you're bipolar. Like that's more powerful to me is, you know, getting diagnosed and treated if you have uh, some a mental health disorder, mm. and and then you do a couple of years of that, you're doing great, and you want to experiment with some, you know it's just legal. Um, I mean, it's on you, man. <laughs> you know, try it out because if you don't, you're going to be thinking about it for the rest of your life, and it's going to ruin your recovery. So you know what? Go get it out of your system if that's what you need to do, and either you'll find that it works for you and you're fine, or It'll ruin your life, but that's a chance that's on <laughs> well, you. You got to make that that call that's as to whether you. that's worth it. I would hope after a couple of years of, of not drinking, right. like you decide that to reintroduce like a drug into your yeah. into your consciousness is not where you want to be. But I mean, my my feeling is I don't I don't share your your belief that marijuana is as um, problematic as really? as alcohol. Um, I for me I I wouldn't. I wouldn't use it because I, for the reasons I've already said. I, so why I, do you give me shit about Delta 8 then? You're just <laughs> messing with me, right? Um, well, I've experienced Delta 8 in all of its, all of its glory. But I, but I will say this, like if, if, you're, um, if you're thinking, if, if the goal of your recovery is an abstinence-based recovery, then I wouldn't suggest using weed. But if, if I you, concur. in terms of harm reduction, if you feel like that is the only thing that's keeping you from running at, down the street and buying dope or co- using cocaine, uh, go for it, man. Because, so you know, I, and I then just, work, then work on this, work on stuff, you know, gradually and try and drop it because yeah. it's much easier to quit smoking weed than it is to stop you know. drinking or using heroin. Right. I just don't think it's intellectually consistent for me to say on the one hand, yes, <laughs> to say sorry yes um you should you know be okay with taking your psych medication like prozac and whatever else but on the other hand you know if you, you know people being prescribed marijuana by a doctor like I, for me i have to to be consistent i think i have to say you know i put it in that realm mm-hmm. but it's not something you buy off the street 
and, you know, self-administer with no, nothing, you know, that, that's just me. So that's probably where I fall. I put it in the same lines as a psych medication. My, my son's psychiatrist, um, said at one point, you know, when I was complaining, like, oh, you know, I think you might be smoking a little too much pot. He was like, listen, in six months from now, there's going to be, you're going to be able to buy pot in a vending machine on every corner. So it's, it's coming. Uh, I'm worried about that. So you should probably figure out a way to, to deal with it. The fact that it's going to be everywhere. I'm, I'm actually, I'm worried about that for my kids and I'm worried about it for me because, um, I've never been put in a situation where I could so easily uh, get a powerful, besides alcohol, mm-hmm. and I spent how much time, I mean, alcohol, even though I was addicted to heroin, and uh, I kicked it after a few years and it nearly destroyed my life, still, alcohol for me was the most difficult. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you, it's everywhere. Can, you get it at Chuck E. Cheese's. Um, <laughs> believe me, I, when I was still, when I was still active, man, we had a birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese's. I always love birthday parties at Chuck E. Cheese because you get a, the beers, man. man. Yeah. And, uh, big tall glass of shitty wine. Mm. So will I be able to, to, you know, keep it away from myself. What, what is going to happen? You know? So that's why I have to keep on top of my recovery. And I do mean recovery. I mean, reading, listening, discussing. Um, I even, you know, there's this really cool, um, uh, the lovely and talented Erin Moore. Uh, she actually sent me this, it's called clubhouse, which is an app that, uh, everyone wants to be on apparently. And, um, and it's like, a, they have like recovery meetings, but it, it's not video. You're just listening. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very cool. And I went on to a couple of them and I like that. I like to discuss this stuff. I like to tell on myself when I'm feeling something that doesn't feel right. That's why we have a podcast. hundred <laughs> percent, you know, right. cause I'm, I was regretting this a little bit, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was just like when we got a couple of responses from some listeners and then I started to get really uncomfortable with the idea that I'm, I'm not that anonymous on this. Yeah. I mean, like I haven't tried very hard to conceal my identity and I worry like, wow, what did I say? Is my son going to listen to this? And if he mm. does, what's he going to think? Right. But I think because I'm so honest with my son, um, I don't pull punches. I don't lie to him, you know, and I, I don't mean lying like in evil, just like the white lies we tell children. I don't, I try really hard to just be honest with him and, uh, I respect his intelligence and ability to, to understand things as they are. And, and that piggybacks on my, you know, open relationship with him. Right. So I've got that going for me as far as that'll get me, you know what I mean? I do, but I am worried I, I am worried about this, the marijuana getting legal. So well, I'm going mean, to have to work harder. We're going to talk yeah. about it on the show. I don't think you're going to be able to buy it at 7-Eleven. I think you have to go to a dispensary and I don't, although it's funny, is there a pot dispensary in our town? So I think I haven't seen it, I, but it's a small town. I just have to turn down the other street to see. Right. It's something I, I don't know. No, John, the can man told me that who who's doing well, by the way, guys, um, still doesn't have a place to live though. Um, but he's doing great. Good. He, he said that, that he thinks that's what it is. And, and cause some, if you look in the, the wh- picture on, where on is it? Internet, West Main? Yeah. If you look in the picture on the internet and you look inside, it looks like every dispensary you've ever bought weed at. I've never know. bought weed at a dispensary. Uh, I, I have. <laughs> I have and no idea what they look so, like. So, you know, are they positioning, I mean, medical marijuana in New York is, is weird because you can't buy the flour. You can only buy like oils mm. and stuff. Um, but are they like positioning themselves for when it, when it is legal, probably within the year here? Um, 
are they just going to all of a sudden become like a recreational because somehow that slip by the pearl clutchers mm. in the parents face group here that, that, that there's a dispensary opening in town. Yeah. Know? Oh, well look that the, the foot, Spa is open too. I mean, <laughs> foot spa. It, it's a very um, foot spa. Foot spa. He's got foot <laughs> He's spa. Got foot spa. Um, it, that's interesting, so. and we'll we'll keep everybody up to date on the local um, marijuana dispensary. We'll do All some right. investigating. Are we beating a dead horse on this uh, well, the, topic? The, the, the horse has been whipped to death, <laughs> and um, I think you know. Look, the conversation ain't over, guys. Let's continue this on on our Facebook page. Send yeah. us messages. We like to. We want to discuss this out in the open, like a family. We got to talk to each other. Right. All right. All right. Now where are we? Now we're at Recovery in the News. Yeah. <laughs> you know we and for Recovery in the News this week we have more marijuana. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Crazy, 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 crazy stuff going on here. Uh those stems, no seeds that you don't need. Acapulco gold is badass weed. <laughs> All right. So, uh, recovering the news this week, uh, the New York Times has uh, finally caught up to the rest of the world and discovered that um, there are companies out there that are extracting Delta 8 THC from marijuana and selling it in states where marijuana is le- is illegal. Mm. Um, this was an article on uh, February 27th. Uh, Texas has one of the most restrictive mar- medical marijuana laws in the country with sales allowed only by prescription for a handful of conditions. This hasn't stopped Lucas Gilkey, chief executive of Homegrown Hero CBD based out of Austin. His company sells joints, blunts, gummy bears, vaping devices, and tinctures that offer a recreational high. In fact, business is booming online as well, where he sells to many people in other states with strict marijuana laws. But Mr. Gilkey says he's not an outlaw and that he's not selling marijuana, just a close relation. He's offering products with a chemical compound that we know so well here, Delta 8 THC, extracted from hemp. It is only slightly chemically different from Delta 9, which is the main psychoactive ingredient in marijuana. And that small distinction may make a big difference in the eyes of the law. Mm. Under federal law, psychoactive Delta-9 is explicitly outlawed, but psychoactive Delta-8 THC is not. Mm. A loophole that some entrepreneurs say allows them to sell in many states where hemp possession is legal. The number of customers coming into Delta-8 is staggering, Mr. Gilkey said. So, It's legal because it doesn't... Like, fuck you up like marijuana I does. I beg your pardon. I, I'm telling Delta you. Delta-8 fucked me up. I, didn't, I don't get fucked up from it. In fact... I haven't even taken any in like weeks and I don't, I just, you know why I stopped buying it? I'm like, I just didn't want to pay for it because the cost benefit analysis was, you know, in the red. It I didn't make know, sense man. to Maybe me. Maybe your it, brain is altered from years I, of I, more recent years of heroin use or something. So, <laughs> but that's, My brain turned me into a fucking Alzheimer's well, patient. That's the point. Actual marijuana. It doesn't matter how much you fucked yourself up. You will get fucked up on marijuana no matter what. Like it, it fucks there you is, up. There is a tolerance. Yeah, you can build it. I never smoked that yeah. long. So, but you know, Delta eight just seems so like, I guess, you know, like it helped me sleep, I think, but I was taking melatonin too. And when I ran out of the gummies a, a while ago, I don't know, nothing changed. We nothing should, in my life changed. We should do the Delta 8 RMA challenge. All of our listeners run out there and go buy some oh, Delta Jesus, 8. Man. No, actually, don't, <laughs> don't, don't do, do that, don't please. Do that. Because, because. 
flip a coin. You could have Matt's experience or you could have my experience. Well, and, <laughs> and that's the, that's the issue. Um, if I could go back, I would tell myself it's not worth the risk. That would have been smarter, but I lucked out and not only did I not get you know, high off it, it didn't affect my ongoing progress in my life. It didn't affect anything. It was just sort of money I shouldn't have been spending. Right. Um, and so wish, that's just me. I just wish I had that afternoon back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was great. It was great for the show. It was, it was great for the show. So um, that was worth my, it. My guess is, is if, if your experience is, you know, well, see, but that's interesting because there's a lot more to that article where people go into talking to people about you know, their experiences on Delta 8. And some people call it marijuana light and some people, you know, Diet say marijuana. that it gets them fucked up. Yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking maybe the gummy that I got just had a, a heavy concentration in it or something. But, but I think the uh, point is why, why risk it? And so that's why I don't advise people to try it. I kind of, I took a, I def, that's a gamble because I didn't know what was going to happen. And it's not CBD. Let's be clear. Yes. It's THC. You, they do that. They put them together. So they, so people are more comfortable buying it. Right. In Read it. your labels, folks. Yeah. Uh, you know, like anything else you put in your body. Listen, it's not a miracle drug. It didn't get me high. It didn't help. It didn't hurt. It was just a waste of money. And that's where I am on it. And I would never, uh, I would, I would never say that, oh no, I've relapsed and I have to start over again and work the 12th. No, fuck that. Yeah. I I've would, done the work. My life is great. Right. Um, it's hard, but what it's just, it's so inconsequential to me. Uh, to me, it's, it's just fodder for the show at this point. Grist for the mill, as yeah. Ram Das used to say. And uh, luckily, I'm, I'm in a place in my life where I don't need to seek validation from, I don't want to say anybody, because I seek validation from my wife, from Mike, of mm -hmm. course, my children, and God. But um, these junior therapists that uh, fashion <laughs> themselves experts and, you know, no, I don't care what you think. And it doesn't affect me when someone says, well, you're not sober. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> um, and so that's where I'm at with that. And that's recovery in the news. Yeah. And now we work into work into week and weird. <laughs> We're working into it. Oklahoma Bigfoot bounty soars to over $2 million. An Oklahoma lawmaker's audacious idea to create a Sasquatch hunting season in the oh, state yeah. has transformed into a literal Bigfoot bounty that promises over $2 million to the first person to capture the legendary creature alive. State Representative Justin Humphrey sparked worldwide headlines back in January when he introduced the controversial legislation calling for the Oklahoma Wildlife Conservation Division to issue permits for people to hunt the famed cryptid. I love that term. Despite all the publicity or perhaps because of it, the bill ultimately got bogged down in bureaucracy and never made it to the Oklahoma House for a floor See, that, vote. That tells you right there how dysfunctional <laughs> government is when two sides couldn't even get together to sit down and pass a Bigfoot hunting season bill. Right? Yes. I mean, come on. Who could be against Bigfoot hunting season? I think it could do nothing but but help. As he explained to a local media outlet, the lawmaker learned of a legal loophole of sorts that would apparently allow him to bypass legislation and instead simply enlist the state's tourism department to issue tracking permits for Bigfoot <laughs> under the proviso that the holder of the license understood that they were not allowed to kill or harm the creature. I'm going to leave it there. Your um, tax dollar at work, folks. That's the, I think that's 
what's the funniest part about this is there are legislators dealing with this shit. <laughs> well, I mean, they can't seem to get anything else done. I know. <laughs> right. They're like, gonna want, like, Dr. Seuss was canceled and Mein Kampf is still available. <laughs> Dr. Seuss. Um, Dr. Seuss canceled himself. Yeah. You know, oh, I couldn't care less about Dr. Yeah, Seuss. Yeah. I don't know either. Um, and that is this week in Weird. Well, I think that just about does it for us, guys. That was a, a long one. Thanks for listening. Visit us at middleagesrecovery.com. Join the discussion on our exclusive and private Facebook group. If you need to talk, don't hesitate to reach out on social media. Check our show notes. Get us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Tweet us at Twatch. You twit Apple Podcasts and wherever fine podcasts are sold. Five-star reviews will be read on the air. And we will see you next time. Next time, which and, will be next week, probably. And as we say, non proficiat perfectum. Uh, <laughs> I have one thing to say every week. Progress, not perfection. See you next week, guys. Good.